Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beth. And this is DVD Clutter. <laughs> Episode two, we are slowly but surely getting rid of our DVDs one by one, Yep. watching them, bidding farewell to them after a good discussion. You're getting rid of 500? Yes. Hopefully. Yes. I'm getting rid of 40, maybe? Yep. Well, we hope so. So far, we your hope. track record hasn't not been good. great. <laughs> it's not good. Um, but... Yeah, essentially the aim of the podcast is to work our way through our DVD collection, discuss each film, uh, talk about the history, personal history, and what we think of the film now, and then decide whether or not we're going to keep it. You got your DVD, you got your declutter, you put it together. It's all there in the name. It's, it's all there. If you haven't figured it out by now, why'd you click on it? Exactly. Just kidding. Thanks for listening. So this week, we are... Looking at one of my DVDs, it's Atlantis, The Lost Empire, the Disney animated film from 2001. Yep. In that sort of weird stage where Disney didn't really know what they were doing animated films-wise. Yes, it felt like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll come to that, I guess, in the review. Yes, Pixar was around, Disney was... A bit lost. Confused. Yep. So, where did I come across this DVD? Well... Oddly enough, for an early episode in our season, this is a DVD that came with our DVD player. <laughs> okay. We're a pretty media-heavy family already, so mm -hmm. we had quite a few VHSs. Uh, yes. So when we bought our DVD player, we didn't just go straight to DVD. We bought the the combined. Oh. Yeah. So it played the VHS, it played the DVD. You had to transition slowly. You had to do the slow transition. Yeah. That's great. It, I didn't even know they made those. It, I don't know how many they sold. <laughs> But we were definitely there. Ah, oh, cool. I guess the, the idea was we weren't going to buy new copies of the DVDs that would already have, you know. No, you, you wanted to hold on to the VHSs until... That's it. We already had the, the two VHS pack of Lawrence of Arabia, so yeah. you're not going to... You're not going to redo that, rebuy yeah. that. I mean, that's gold right there. You have to... You, the only reason you get rid of a VHS is when it starts going grainy and the music starts wobbling. Yeah. And you know the tape is actually degraded so much that you can't watch it anymore. Yeah, that or someone steps on it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. One of the two. <laughs> but we bought the DVD player and it came with two Disney DVDs. This one, Atlantis, and also Jungle to Jungle uh, with Tim Allen in it. Oh, I have no idea what I'm that sure is. I'm sure we'll come across at some oh, point. Oh, Lord, help us. But this one was one of them. And because of that, we watched it a lot. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Very exciting. Yes. You've got a new media in the house. Yep. Um, I, w I remember watching it a lot, but I remembered so little of it. Really? Yeah. Until I until I watched it again recently. Yeah. But it would have been years since I've watched it. It's yep. just sort of been sitting there. So what age were you when your family got a DVD player? Year six, year seven. Okay. So 12, 13. 12, 13? Yep. Um, My mum, who's listening, will definitely fact check that. Yes. You know. Well, she can tweet us. Tweet us. At DVD, DVD Clutter. Clutter. And please let us know. Yes. So, Atlantis, one of those first DVDs, and because it was so exciting to have, as the back says, one of my favourite things, the interactive menu, you know, I went through the special features before, but again... Another interactive couldn't, menu. Couldn't really remember too much of them until I started looking at... So, as a child, do you remember watching the special features as well? Yeah. Everything on the DVD? Yes. yes. Not so much. I wasn't at the stage later on, because I got into that sort of 
film nerdy area, I started really watching the audio commentaries. Back yeah. then, it was more so, this one's got a little game on it. Yeah, okay. It was, it was playing that. We, yeah. we didn't have a PlayStation or a Nintendo, so it was sort of like, ooh, now we've got yes. a... Yes, oh yes. Now I can We're press cool the buttons now. on my DVD remote. And it does something. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So, yeah, that's where, it, that's where it came from. Do you feel sentimental about it? Not... Not especially. Okay. I, I'm glad that I've had this chance to re-look at it. Yeah. But I, I feel like when we get to the end of the episode, my decision might be a bit easier than the one you had last week. Yes. Great. So, but before we start talking about it a bit more, maybe I'll you, new to, the, new to the film, perhaps. Yes. Newish. Or very least. new. Very new. Had never, don't know if I'd ever heard about the film before. Um, I know about, obviously, The Legend of Atlantis. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> it's a good starting point. That was a good starting point, but I had never, ever watched this film. Now we'll go on to, I guess, our, our summary of it. And uh, a big warning, I guess, to anyone here who's worried about spoilers uh, of a 2001 animated film that many of you may not have heard of. Look, you might be one day in the op shop. You come across the yes. DVD. <laughs> yeah. So, look, it is going to be spoiler heavy. Yes. and. We're unapologetic. Unapologetic. About that. We're being yeah. upfront. So the story is about a young academic called Milo who is working at a bit of a dead end job in the basement of a museum. He's an incredibly smart guy. He speaks hundreds of different languages. He can translate um, ancient runes. Um, he, but he's working on. He's keeping the boiler alive for the heating of the museum and because people don't like him no they don't they yeah, run away from him because it. he keeps on banging on about atlantis the yep. lost city of atlantis this the lost city of atlantis that the board thinks he's a ridiculous they think he's a bit crazy he's a waste of his talent so the start of the film the opening of the film is him trying to convince the members of the board who frantically run away from him that um they should fund his expedition to find atlantis or first of all to find this journal that will then lead him to atlantis He's turned down um, and literally kicked in the dirt. Yeah, but lucky for him. Lucky for him. <laughs> he returns home wet, cold, he's tired, he's depressed. Who's sitting in his lounge room? Sexy lady. Mm -hmm. Sexy lady who looks like she's stepped out of a film noir. Mm. Um, she takes him off to a castle. Oh, not a castle. Mansion. Mansion. I got stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mansion where a very wealthy, eccentric millionaire, billionaire, um, reveals to Milo that he knew Milo's grandfather, who was also a great explorer, and that he has found, or that Milo's grandfather has found this journal, the Shepherd's the Journal. Magical Shepherd's Journal. That will lead him to Atlantis. And even better, that he has organised to fund an expedition to Atlantis. Yeah, it rushes quite quickly. That oh my goodness, it? so it's, it's all ready to go. There's Milo tries to think about the his job, his flat, but his cat, his cat, the cat's there already. Yeah. Old mates thought of everything. Yeah, it's amazing, um, truly amazing. Uh, so they go on this journey. Him and a cast of five, about five, I think, main characters. Yeah, um, and then a whole swarm of people in the background. Yep. Like soldiers, I guess, who Face, are there. Faceless soldiers. Literally yeah. faceless soldiers, <laughs> which I found really interesting, and I guess I'll talk about a bit more in the review section, but very dehumanising, and I think that was very mm. much done on purpose. Um, yeah. But 
So they go on this journey to Atlantis. They discover Atlantis. Um, they discover that there's people still living in Atlantis, which they did not expect. Um, they meet Milo meets Keita. Uh, uh, Keita, the the princess of Atlantis. Of course, she's very very beautiful, stunning, white hair, um, wears a bikini all the time. Of course, for whatever reason that it was, must yeah. be warm down there. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Real hot under, underground. Well, you know, yeah, that's it. When, you, <laughs> when you're in an underwater city that's... It actually would be quite humid, I imagine. Yeah. It's kind of gross. It makes me feel a bit... Ugh. I'm glad we're... Up here. Yeah. yeah. Like, where's the fresh air down there? Not explained. No. But yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they work together to try and rediscover... They find out that um, Atlantis is slowly dying. The life source of Atlantis has disappeared. The people rely on this life source to, to survive, but... Life sources disappeared and they are slowly, uh, the city is slowly dying, slowly crumbling, falling apart. But together, um, Kidia, that's her name, Kida. Kida, Kida, and Milo work together. They find the life source, but just as they find the life source, Milo's shipmates who have been with him on this whole journey turn against him and reveal themselves as the true enemies of the story. Yeah, they want, they want to steal the life source, even though the life source. It's very much been proven to be sort of just like a glowing thing, right? Yes, well, I think they thought it was an jewel. energy, some, yeah. some form of energy source uh, to, yeah. to create a weapon. Yeah. Um, and I think in Milo's words, they're going to sell it to the Kaiser. Oh, really? Yes. I, I yeah. missed that bit. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's set in 1914. Yes. Which I, I kind of like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then he has to have this big old fight. Yes. They have a, a big old fight, um, massive battle scene. People struggle with their morals. They switch one side, then the other side. Ultimately, the characters we like turn to the good, help Milo out. They save um, the city and Milo becomes... Prince of Atlantis. Prince of Atlantis. And they're all very healthily rewarded, all the good ones. Oh, yes. Lots of gold, lots of silver, lots of jewels. Yeah. Big happy ending. Big happy ending. They go off. Everyone decides that they won't tell anyone about Atlantis, so the Atlanteans are safe. Yeah, and Milo lives down there, presumably happily ever after, with his yeah. bikini-clad wife. Until Atlantis Two, which did come about. Eventually. Oh, I never saw it, but well, I'm sure it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Peggy. Peggy really didn't like. Atlantis she did not 2. like it. So yeah, I think that's a perfect summary. Yeah. Of the the movie. So on reflection, how did how was it for you this time around? Again, same as last week's one that I'd seen as a kid. I was worried going into it that it might just be absolutely awful and it, it wasn't like what no. was it it's like 90 minutes long it's it's nothing 100 minutes nothing too much to worry about yep you get in there and as i hadn't seen it in years the bits that i loved as a kid came back to me like yes there's that scene where the you know the old secretary lady yes. they're going to bed and someone says you'll need a sleeping mask to milo and he's like why and she's like i sleepwalk Naked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember as a kid that that was that was hilarious. And also some of the announcements that came over in the ship early yes. on, like um, tonight's dinner is beans with a musical act to follow. <laughs> yes. That, though you can see what stage of my life where I was in, where I just found that stuff was just tops. Hit the mark. Um, those ones, and then the 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 explosive expert. A lot of his lines I remember sort of quoting with a mate of mine from. Uh, primary school right yeah so those ones sort of all came back yep so a lot more fun than i thought yep. it would have been yeah especially because you know you, you look at it and you look at its plot and you kind of go this is grasping this, this was grasping yeah. and um 
when we talk about the production a bit later, you can see probably why. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. And, but maybe that was just because I got a lot of pleasure out of being like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that. Yeah. Oh, I remember quoting that with my brother or with my friends. Yep. Yeah. How did you find it? Yeah, I, um, I actually found it pretty confusing. <laughs> like, not, not um, from a story, a plot perspective, but from... I mean, as a, I guess as an avid consumer of stories, films and TV shows and books, I guess I'm used to, at the start of a film, set, something settling into a genre that I'm familiar with and knowing where the big plot points are going to come in. Yeah. And I, I was a bit confused at the start because I didn't... And I also found it dragged at the start. The first half hour or so really dragged for me because I didn't uh, connect with... Like, none of the characters really did anything for me. They don't really set any of them up, do they? They don't <laughs> at all. And, and you don't... Jump straight in there. Yeah, and Milo doesn't get to meet anyone. They don't... With those five extra characters, so you have... Do you have the the names of them there? Yeah, so you got um, Dr. Sugar... Sugar Sweet, was it? Yeah, Dr. Sweet. Dr. Strong Bear Sweet, that's it. Yeah. You got the Doctor. You got Vinny, who's the explosive expert. Explosive. You got the mole, they call him, who's the, the digger expert. And then you got Cookie, the cook. The cook, yeah. Who's like some sort of weird Western... Southern stereotype. Yeah, who's... Cooks up like, disgusting, I, yeah. greasy... No one understands. No. No, that's there. right. Uh, Packard, who's the... Yeah, that old secretary lady. And then that the main villain commander raw yeah these characters didn't uh connect with me and they weren't they weren't developed at all until at some point they decided that milo should sit with them which which astounded me that they had been excluding him that whole time and I, they hadn't it hadn't really been explored i don't know it was just very odd i found the very first half hour very odd and i thought i expected that like in my mind i was tossing up going okay they have to turn out to be bad guys they have to turn out to be bad guys but then I was also like, but I kind of like, you know, they've got the young engineer who's like a teenager apparently, yeah. but she's really good with cars and um, engines and stuff. And, um, you know, the characters were, were likable, but I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where it was going. I couldn't predict anything. I was having a lot of trouble finding where it fit into the world of film. I didn't think that it had, it, it just felt like it was off the rails a little bit. It wasn't like on a track. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere. When we, when we got to Atlantis, I think it hit its stride a little bit more because then I was like, okay, now we actually have some more story. We have something that I can actually get my teeth into. I felt like that first bit was with them getting to Atlantis was, yeah, I had no investment in the characters and it was just these characters I had no investment in trekking across the screen, having these, like yeah. trying to get through obstacles. In a pretty haphazard story. Yeah. In a, in, haphazard in a way that it kind of freaked me a bit looking at it. I was writing down some notes as I watched it, and yeah. early on, there's some disasters strike the major ship. Yeah. And you see, see death, really. Oh, you see, 200, 200 oh, people, but, I think he said. And that's just it. As I wrote down my first note, because you see the engineer girl close a door that blocks off yes, these guys that yes, muster around, and I'm yes. like, heck, yes. people have died here. Exactly. It, and then like I crossed in, out like that note. Oh, you crossed it out? Because then I realised heaps of people died. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it reminded me of... It is glossed over. It reminded me of Titanic when they are trying to close the doors in Titanic. And it's very emotional, that scene in... The scenes in Titanic when they're trying to lock down um, between where the breach has been on the boat and, you know, there's people still down there, but they have to lock it down. That scene in Titanic is so full-on and emotional and it's full of, like, oh, my God, these people are going to die. This was done in, like, a second. Then, like, 200, pe 200 extra people died, as we found out from... Um, the commander later 
But like I said earlier, they are these faceless people that that literally are in uh, hat, like masks, gas masks yeah. kind of things. Which would have been cheaper and easier to animate. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very true. But also dehumanise them to the point where we as the audience don't look at them as characters at all. They're just background. No, and, yeah. and it's just crazy. And just with the pacing of the film, this is 20 minutes in. Yes, where this of, great disaster happens. You're thrown into this giant... Um, expedition you see this amazing ship and then suddenly it part of me was glad and you're like oh well i thought like from a story perspective they had to cut down the amount of people Mm. they had to focus in on these characters it just wasn't possible to carry the story with that many characters did they have to kill them back surely they could have said (laughs) oh they've lost to they've gone back to the surface that's it you know we have to resurface and then they these seven escape on a pod or something that's true that's very true it just seemed Oh, especially for a kid's film. It's I was, true. Did you remember that distressed. as a kid? Not no. at all. And that's no. why as I was writing the notes, I was like, I think one of those guys died. And then one. everyone died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. yeah, lots of people died. And it's gone from, yeah, fart jokes to everyone dying. Yeah. Back to... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah it's true. <laughs> We're yes. a bit silly. Very, very odd. The, the start of it was very odd. So... Not a not a film you care to probably revisit is is where I'm getting from your no, review. No, I Laura was with me. My partner Laura was with me when I watched it. She was luckily she's addicted to this game at the moment um, called Township, where mm-hmm. she's like you know building a town and so that not kept a ship. Her, not a ship. No, <laughs> thank. I mean, she has some. I think she's got a harbour. I'm not okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily she was very into that. Otherwise, I think I don't know if I would have got through it. Um, it would have been demanded to be turned off because I struggled. That mm. first bit, I really struggled. I, I was um, looking at the <laughs> looking at the timeline, seeing how far. Yeah, how looking much. at the time code to see how mm. how much it had gone. Once they got to Atlantis, it definitely it definitely sped up the story. Kind of made more sense to me. There was more at stake, more to keep me engaged. After that, well, I think it's a good chance. Your reaction to it, I think, it's a good. Um, way to step into the production of this film. Yeah. So this came in a time in Disney's life where the whole idea of animation, which used to be like the cornerstone of, of all Disney, was in a state of flux. Yeah. So can you remind me, 2001? One. Yeah. Okay. So we'd had uh, Pixar had sort of kicked up already. Yeah. We would have already had two Toy Stories yeah. by that stage. Yeah. Uh, two thousand one was also Finding Nemo. So you're thinking oh, yeah. you're, so at, you're at that Disney's stage. Like the 3D animation is thing up. is huge. Yeah. The traditional animated film before this was Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you sort of see it as an ebbs of flow of Disney's animated films, they had their traditional huge golden age. Yeah. It slumped a bit where it got a bit weird. Then it came back with your Lion Kings, your Aladdin, your Little Mermaid. And Hunchback of Notre Dame was sort of like the transition between that renaissance and uh, what the hell are we doing now? And Hunchback of Notre Dame, I don't know if you've seen it recently. Oh, no, God, no, not recently. It it was not super well liked. Yes. It was sort of seen as a misstep. Right. And the guys who did that were the guys who did this. This, okay. And... They came up with this idea for this one night while just eating Mexican food. Great. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, this this whole film film sounds like it was basically plotted out there on a napkin yeah. and no one really slowed down. Yeah. And I think the pressure came from 
they wanted to do the cool new stuff with the animation like Pixar. Yeah. And you yeah. see in this, there's a lot of those 3D models, uh, yes. especially oh, the, well, ship the, yes, the ship of that evil The whole robot. Um, life force is set up so you can do those kind of yeah. Which shots around it. I'm sure is amazing. And uh, later on when we talk about the features, we'll talk about the visual commentary they mm. do. Um, so all cool stuff, but I just think there's just no time at all put into that plot. It was just sort of like, let's do a one about Atlantis. Sweet. Yeah. They'll, they'll have a ship. Yeah. They'll go to Atlantis. Yep. There'll be a beautiful girl. There'll yep. be a love story. Same thing with the characters. I think they yep. just kind of went to a stock bank of... and oh, then very the, two-dimensional. Yeah. Yep. The cook will be... Yes. This Western cook. Yes. The, <laughs> well, I found it really interesting because... Um, yeah, it's interesting to talk about the time period because there's actually... Compared to other... Compared to what I was expecting for what I was watching, there was much more cultural diversity in there and there was more uh, female characters like on board the ship... Mm. And as part of the little trio or the little group, which was an active end. decision as well, because yes. they decided. Well, well, I guess they thought well into we that way of yeah. feminism by then. They can't really get away with yeah. Um, which I liked, and cultural diversity, and 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 women in there as well. But um, all stereotypes though, yeah. like as as much as it's it's nice to see some representation, they were very much stereotypes, yeah. two dimensional stereotypes of each culture. That's that was represented. It. And it kind of even, um, I guess, emphasised by the fact that no characters, even Milo, no one's got enough screen time to really develop any characteristics no. except for just, hi. Yes. You know. Yes. And then you rely on our own, uh, I guess, background knowledge of French people who are yeah. really into sex and women, and as was the mole. Um, I don't know. And a bit stinky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Seemed to be. Yeah. But what a strange character. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think it was a, it was a weird time at Disney where they were yeah fully focused on the animation. Yes. Lost the story. Lost any. Which Pixar story. Pixar does amazing stories. Yeah. Like you have to focus first on the story mm. before you focus on any of that technical elements because, with oh uh, yeah, I don't know. You just the story is it, for that, me anyway. I think that is it. Surely that's true for audiences everywhere. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones around this time. What came after? I can't remember if it was directly went straight to Treasure Planet as the next one. Okay. Which is another sort of one of those ones that have been lost to an abyss. Like, you bring up Atlantis and very few people would remember it. Well, it's interesting. So Treasure Planet, Planet, that's another, it sounds like another adventure kind of Mm. story. And I didn't know, when I... When I wasn't clicking with this film, I didn't know if it was because I'm not a consumer of that genre of film. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not into um, adventure stories. Like, I never got into um, the main... Indiana Jones. <laughs> Thank you. I've never been into Indiana Jones. I've never got into any of that kind of adventure stuff. And I thought, maybe this is how they all start. Yeah. But it's not. No. Okay, that's no, good. It, it's that's con- good to hear. This whole movie is just a, a bowl of confusion. A shimozzle. A, a shimozzle. This is a shimozzle. But I think, yeah. In fact, when I was talking to people around the office about Atlantis, more people remembered the um, PlayStation 1 game. Apparently, oh, really? that had some sort of cultural significance to some people. Really? Which was... Uh, based on based the film. Based on the film? Okay. Yeah. Maybe if you had more control of the characters, you felt more attached to the story. Yeah. Or it was just... They just remembered that... I don't know whether it was this one that in Australia was cheap or came with a console packet but mm. people are like oh yeah yeah um so that was just a weird tidbit yeah that's um, that's sort of where it sits uh, the animation stuff mm. I, was interesting and 
I don't know if we want to um, jump into the DVD features straight away. Oh, just before we do, yeah, it's a it is a white savior story though, right? Basically, yeah. It, the, the only thing that throws you off is that it's not well. Yeah, okay, the Atlanteans, the Atlanteans are, white are, as well. are yeah, are but white. it's culturally they're very different people. Yeah. And I found it very that and was one another of them's thing. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is also a bit confusing. Um, I just, I didn't, I didn't buy that they, it had taken them so long to figure that, sh- that shit out. Yeah. And then he comes in and figures it out. I also didn't buy that none of them could read. Yeah. And he could read their language and none of them could. That's just it. And especially for a, a race of people you find out, luckily for, for us as viewers, that not only can they speak Atlantean, they can speak French. Oh, yes. And English, English as well. So they can speak all these different languages, they just can't, they read, can't read any of them, which I don't... It's necessary for the plot, and I'm not here trying to pick every little hole True. in it. But, yeah, you're right. It it was very much... Yes, I'm a bit, a bit um, unbelievable for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the target audience. No, no. <laughs> and I think me at the time probably was when I was watching yes. this. And... And I've you appreciated it then. That's it. For what it was. Yeah, let's have a quick chat maybe about the, the DVD itself yep. before we sort of go into whether it's held up. We've touched on some of that stuff already. Yep. But the DVD itself, I love watching... I've got some other early Disney DVDs and just that, well, oh, man, we're going for this. We're going for new technology. And <laughs> it comes up when you press play with the um, pure digital ma- magic. Yes. And then this crackly rendered... Crackly, it's a word. Good word, um, yeah. Rendered... Uh, Tinkerbell sort of flies past in like <laughs> what, what looks like you'd call these days a dank meme um, version as she goes Disney DVD, pure digital magic. It, they're, they're obviously very excited about it yes. and it's that excitement that I think you see in the special features as well. Right. There's the little game you play which is um, you know ridiculous because the load time spinning on the DVD as it jumps from bit to bit uh, just makes it almost unplayable. I didn't really try playing it. So this I didn't. Time. I didn't actually delve into any of these. Um, yeah. But I like that it says on the back the visual commentary is a Disney first. Yeah. That is excitement. That's the the extra that I spent my time on with it. It, it was incredibly interesting. I love these sort of features on DVDs, especially on something like Atlantis, because you kind of watch it and you think I'm part of a very select group of people that have ever seen this footage. <laughs> yes. So the. Visual commentary was you'd play the DVD and not only did they have an audio commentary over the top, but every so often they'd pause the film and then a couple of the animators would talk about the animation behind it. Oh, cool. That's quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, so there was some, you know, they talked about some of the animation techniques, uh, mixing new with old, all kind of cool stuff. My favourite moment, though, was right at the start where they introduced what it was and then right at the end of it, they're like, okay, cool. So sit back and watch the film. And they all then, everyone who was talking about it, reached over, grabbed a giant bowl of cereal each and started eating it as some sort of like weird in-joke. And I was just sitting there going, what is this? I, it must have just been a joke to them at the time, but like watching it now, oh my goodness. 15 years later, and just Very going, odd. What, are you, what, yeah. are you, what are you going for there? 
maybe Americans have a thing with cereal. There's that, um, you know, you try and feed Ryan Gosling cereal. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they eat cereal while they watch TV. Why don't, I don't know. That's very strange. I, I didn't. I didn't watch that. But, but yeah, weird. it was clearly just early days DVDs. They didn't. They they were doing this they're thing. Like, well, and let's like, just try this. Let's out. be zany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they're all we'll there with, with their ponytails and. <laughs> yes, of course they were. Um, jeans and runners, but. Yeah, I, I I do love that about it. Um, sort of as a bit of a relic, those early early DVD features where you're just like, do they? Um, we're trying something. Yeah, exactly. And good on them. Yeah, they had to try things out. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It definitely wasn't. Uh, there's no Lion King. That's no, for sure. it really isn't. And I'm, I'm, you know, they're doing all the live action versions of all those classic Disney yes. animations now. I'm just waiting till it lands. <laughs> I think you might be the only one waiting for that. That's it. I'll be there. <laughs> Look, I'll come, I'll the come to the cinema with you mm-hmm. now that I'm invested. And I do love, I actually do love the story of Atlantis as a... As a myth, as a concept. As a myth, it's exactly, great. yes. Yeah. As a myth, I'm fascinated by that. And and as a way to learn about, um, like, I think films like this have, have an important place in teaching kids about those kind of mythologies. Um, but... Yeah, not much good for anything I found, else. I found it really interesting that that whole shepherd's journal idea was completely made up. I thought that was a really interesting thing that they did. But then it was weird because yes, yes, like they were like, first of all, you have to find the shepherd's journal. I mean, again, I'm just, I'm again tearing apart the story. <laughs> but um, which is amazing because there's so little to, to tear <laughs> it's apart. True, and yet, and yet I could talk yeah. for hours yeah. about it. Yeah, they set up this whole first part about the Shepherd's Journal. We've got to find the Shepherd's Journal. It's not in Ireland. It's in Iceland. I got one letter wrong, whatever. And then suddenly, here's the Shepherd's Journal. That whole plot point is yeah. gone. That whole possibility is gone. Well, here's the thing I learned from watching the visual oh, yes. um, Tell commentary me. was yes. that they did have a full sequence planned out for the beginning of the film. Instead of, you know, you see the... Um, bombing of Atlantis yes, or the, the sinking the, of Atlantis. The ocean, the wave coming over. Originally, it was going to be the Vikings who had just oh. come back from Atlantis after sort of getting the Shepherd's Journal and then dropping it and being lost at sea in a oh, Viking battle. right. But for some reason, that didn't go ahead. There was a lot of scenes that were deleted or changed or done, which um, Milo for quite a while had a um, little rat sidekick that was like a, <laughs> you know, like a classic Disney trope of the animal. Um, but that got cut. So you feel like, yeah, again, they, they had this idea different. of like, I want to do an Atlantis movie, but the plot just sort of got thrown in yeah. and whatever was order was, yeah. was there. Yeah. And Which is a shame because like, it could have, I mean, yeah, could have been good. I think, yeah, it could have. Yeah. <laughs> is the key point. How does it hold up today? I think we've discussed most of I it. I think most of it we've touched on. Stereotypical, but I mean, for the time, I don't know, our, as a... As a queer person, even queer stereotypes are sometimes appreciated when you're so desperate for, for some kind of representation on, on screen. So um, any representation is a start. But again, very, very stereotypical. Wouldn't I don't think that would hold up today. No. Uh, you think maybe that it was, especially Disney, that has sort of been this monolith in the past sort of moving. You can see it's the gears starting to turn in the right direction. Yes. And maybe it's a good thing that the gears started to turn in something that can be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> so they can <laughs> the rest of time. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I appreciated that the lieutenant was a woman and she was quite a strong, muscular woman as well. She yeah. wasn't um, 
overly feminine, which was interesting. Yeah, so I found that interesting. In the, in the initial stages, there wasn't... Uh, she was quite... She was represented as being quite sexy and whatever, but she also was then represented as being quite strong and taking control and making decisions. And then when we met the love interest, Kita, very stereotypically beautiful, big eyes, that, that Disney princess eye, wide-eyed yeah. um, stare and... Again, inexplicably in a bikini. Because mm. it's so warm in Atlanta. Yeah, it's so humid. Compared to a lot of other stuff you can sort of pull from the early thousands, late 90s, I don't think it is as... A, and part of the fact of that is it's a children's film. So, they were, you know, it was always going to... It was a Disney children's film. They yes. were never really going to be um, pushing any boundaries no, or... True. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do anything there. But yeah, I don't think it's outright offensive, at least. No, yeah. no. Yeah, I agree. Or not on, not on sort of cultural level maybe on story <laughs> story level i mean we are talking as two white people yeah that's true so if you've got another perspective please let us know we would love to hear yes what your thoughts are if it means you have to dig up atlantis and watch it maybe don't bother <laughs> but then again i think that does lead us to our final sort of segment which is what's going to happen to this what is going to happen with it well my original i had absolutely no qualms with saying this is the first one. It's just going to Savers, which is our, our closest um, op shop. Op shop. Yep. I was in Savers the other day, yep. not just looking for DVDs, which I know it's, it's a never-ending cycle. Well, you can't look for DVDs. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I just wanted to find one particular one, but it wasn't there, so I didn't buy anything. But I did notice that there were three individual copies of Atlantis there oh, already. Oh, no way. Yeah. Nobody wants this film. Yeah, I think everyone who's DVD cluttering, hashtag DVD cluttering. <laughs> Join the movement. <laughs> Join the movement. Uh, as, as this one was an early one to um, kick off. And in fact, one of them was like the the special edition. Had oh. more special features. Oh, they made a special edition of it. Yeah. Um. So, well, I guess... I'm guessing... I'm getting the vibe you're going to get rid of it. I am. It's And it's not one that... It's still one that... I'm happy to release back into the wild. Someone might get some joy from it. So you, so you think it's worth giving it to a charity? Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be my local one. I think I might... <laughs> I might branch out All and right. try and get to a different a different op shop. shop. Okay. Yeah. There are some DVDs I think we will come across that need will, to be destroyed. We'll go to the recycling bin yeah. at Officeworks. This is not one of them. No, okay. I don't think so. Do you think? Do you think it's gonna? Oh, I question if there's already three copies at your local savers. Savers. I I question How whether or not. Yeah, but look, it's up to you. No, I think that's it. I'll keep it in the car. When I'm in an op shop, if I see they don't have an Atlantis, I'll run it in. Go, this... Don't worry, this will <laughs> this will complete your collection. I'm just going to... I'm going to love if one day I go to get a lift from you and I open the boot of your car and there's just Atlantis 300 DVDs in there. <laughs> from each episode, you're like, yeah, I'll just keep it in my car. Yeah. <laughs> it's stocking up. Then you get a right. DVD player and a TV in there. So, again, an apology to anyone who is listening in for the decluttering aspect of the show. So far, we've had one DVD that's been kept, and then one that's been kept in the boot of a car. <laughs> it, but eventually, with the eventually, intention. With the intention to get rid of. Yes. Um, and, well, that's yeah. it. Our journey to Atlantis has ended. Beck is going back a millionaire, and I'm going to stay here as maybe the king. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but we're at the end, so thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening once again. Please, if you've enjoyed the show... Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone. That's it. And if, if you want to get involved, I guess, in the conversation or have any tidbits about Atlantis you want to talk about, do remember to follow us or um, at us on Twitter, at DVD Clutter. So that's D-V-D-E-C-U-L-T-T-E-R. Follow us, at us. 
Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, let us know your thoughts about Atlantis. Maybe it was a special film to you as well. Maybe you got the same deal. Yeah. I'm sure other people did as That's well. That's probably why there's so many out there. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> no one bought it. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you again next week. Bye.